0: Welcome to TanakhStudy.com. This is Jesse Salem, and together we're studying Shir Shirim. Shir Shirim We'll start from Pasuk uh, He, after we ended off um, the first four Pasukim in last uh, podcast. So after the praise that the Beloved sings to the woman, um, we end off with the oath of and once again, right after that oath, immediately following is Mizot Right? Who is that? Just this time, um, she comes leaning on him. This opens the, the discussion of the virtues of love. We'll see in this next song Ahava appearing three times um, in this very short song. And we'll see that this new face of love invokes jealousy. So let's read these next uh, three Pesukim. The girls of Jerusalem open up and speak and then we'll see um the words of the woman herself. Mizot ulaminamitbal mitrapket al dodah tahatatpuach urtiha shamma chiblatakha imma shamma chiblayladatakha simeni chotam al libakha chotam al zruakha ki azakha mavet ahava kasha chishol kinah lishfa' rishpe esh shalevet ya Ma'im rabim lo yuchelu lechabot et a'ahava, unharot lo yishetepua. Im niten ish et kolhon beto b'ahava, boz yavuzulo. So we hear in this song another theme of love, uh, and that is love itself, and, and that of jealousy, which we have yet to hear of in the Megillah. So pasuk, pasuk, Mi zot o'lamin ha'midbar mitrappeket al doda, ta'chat atalpuch urarticha, shama chibbelatcha imecha, shama chibbelayaladatcha. So who is that coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Once again, we have the questions of, who is that coming up? Right? Last time we heard Mizot Olamina Midbar, it was after she found her beloved, after her first search. And, and once again, over there, you know, we saw immediately after the swear of Hishpati Etchem, and here again, we have, it's the girls of Jerusalem, once again speaking, and they're saying, again, Mizot Olamina Midbar. This time, though, they see the two of them together. She's leaning on him, as they ascended together to Jerusalem. Um, parenthetically, uh, mitrapeket is also a hypoxic on where um, Hazal actually derived the word marpek from here, mitrapeket, right, elbow. And the Pasuk continues, Taha tatapuach oraticha, right, Shammach ibeladcha imecha, Shammach Under the apple tree I awakened you. There your mother was in labor with you. There she who bore you was in labor. The woman is speaking her, her own mashal. She's telling him that that's where I woke you up, as if he was sleeping and she woke him up with her love. And it wasn't just here where I woke you up, it's where you were born. Remember the beloved was compared to the apple tree earlier in Perekebet uh, Pasugimal? Well, that's where he was born too. And now she continues from a soft spoken language to a demand. Simeni Alibecha Kahotam al Mavit Beesh Send me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is strong as death. Jealousy is fierce as the grave. Its blazes, or its arrows, are blazes of fiery flame. There are a couple of meanings to this pasuk. She wants to be caressed and hugged like a seal on his heart. And she also wants to be remembered forever. She's asking to be engraved on his heart forever. So Why? Um, Because love is as strong as death. So love is something that she can't escape and it just overtakes everyone. And also, the same way death can't be stopped, so too love. There's no border. And we can additionally explain that death catches everyone. For her love can also be painful. The woman here uses symbolism that we haven't seen yet. Da'at Mikra also points out that Kina appears in the Torah in relation to you know important sanctified people or places. Right? with Moshe. Kineti Kina and <Hebrew> Zechariah. And also in Pirashat Sota, the violation of the birit between a husband and wife. That's kina. Many waters cannot extinguish the love, which was compared to the fire, nor can rivers wash it away. If a man offered his entire household's wealth for love, they would totally mock him. As today's expression, money can't buy love. In this song, we saw the power of love. The first time Kina was mentioned in all of Shir I Ahava was mentioned three times, and here it's a noun, it's a, it's a powerful entity. The woman progressed from a soft-spoken tone to a demand, telling her beloved to place him, her on his heart like a seal. And in an exchange for that love, she wants to be remembered forever. So whereas we open this song um, with a longing to kiss her beloved in public without being ashamed or mocked, Right? Here she closes off with who will mock, right? Who they will mock, um at the end and that's anyone that um really thinks they could buy love with money. She says that the one who is taken over by love, who's ex- who expresses her love in public shouldn't be mocked. Rather, who should be? The one who doesn't understand the value of love, the one who tries to buy it with money. Metaphorically, B'nai Sarah lived to express their love in public to God. Nothing can extinguish they, th- their love and they stand up in Kiddush Hashem at time to fire and water. Nothing will extinguish their loyalty and passion for God. Um, now we move on to the next song. We'll see a dialogue between her and her brothers. Right, once again. These were the brothers that placed her guard in the vineyard in the opening scene in the Megilam Perik Aleph, and here they show a little compassion. Mana and her response Ani coming so they say, they open up the brothers. Our sister is little, she has no breasts. What, what should we do for our sister on the day when she is spoken for? Right, Meaning the day she's ready to get married. After much neglect for their sister, their brothers show a little care. In their eyes she's still young, yet they still want to prepare her with jewelry and gifts for when the time comes for her to, for her to get married, when, when someone you know comes to pick her up. And they respond within themselves. If she's a wall, we'll build for her a palace of silver. And if she's a door, we'll lock her with beams of cedar. Like The answer in a mashal. If she's a wall we'll built on top of a palace of tower of silver, we'll adorn her with jewelry and gifts. And if she's a wall, we'll lock her or surround her with the finest wood, meaning we'll build for her a fine home. So we can understand this either in a, in a mocking statement or one of sincerity. Right, they can be mockingly saying, "We need to build her up," or maybe it's a very sincere tone, and they're finally committing to take care of her at the time she'll be ready to get married. Right? Parenthetically, it sounds like you know she is orphaned from a father. Right? Some brothers taking care of her. She has her own vineyard, right? Which could be inheritance from a dad. And throughout the Megillah, she also refers to her home as Beit me Right? That could be. Now, now the woman chimes in, almost in a mocking tone. You think I'm young? Now you remember me? Right? I am a wall and my breasts are towers. In response to the wall they spoke of, she says, I'm already a wall. And in response to the Shaddai Me'la, she says, "Shadai Kamigdalot. She's rebuking them. Now you're remembering me? We can almost hear her saying, where were you when you let me burn outside in the summer heat while guarding the vineyards? When you almost forced me to neglect myself? Right? In and she continues, Then I was in his eyes as one who finds peace. I already found my beloved. She found favor in his eyes as someone who has everything in the world and, and someone who's at peace with themselves. And within Shalom, peace, we hear the name Shalom. Find the name Shalom, peace, we hear the name Shalom. So from a certain aspect, this song continues the theme of the last song. Money can't love. She's telling her brothers, you think you can dress me up in jewelry and gifts to get married? Love is way beyond that. Daat Mikra explains metaphorically, the brothers, maybe the Malachim, speak to one another if B'nai Yisrael, you know, are truly loyal to God. And B'nai Yisrael responds, not only are they loyal, but God blessed them with shalom, peace. But we could also suggest, on a different, you know, a, a different note, that once we reach Havat Hashem, we realize that money plays no role. Wealth doesn't foster an individual's personal relationship with God. And that could also be the metaphor behind this song. And we continue on to the next song. So whereas last song we spoke of the brothers that were mentioned in the first song of Shia now we're going to speak of the vineyard that was discussed there, virtue of content, um, closing with the very vineyard we opened with. She has her vineyard and that's all she needs. It will be two pesukim. And she says, shlomo, shlomo had a vineyard at Balamon. He entrusted the vineyard to the guards. Each person would bring for its fruit a thousand pieces of silver. There's a group singing the praises of Shilomo. Right? That's how the song opens up. Shilomo has a vineyard in a place called Ba'alamon. Right? No one knows where this place is, but it, maybe it's more of a figurative way of saying that Shilamo's vineyard was a, in a place of much abundance, Hamon. Shilomo gave over the vineyard to the guards to watch, right? The noterim. Remember the noterata Kiramim, right? In the first song, that was the woman. Over here there's many noterim. Every guard would bring a thousand silver coins for the fruit that he sold from the vineyard. That, that's that, that's how good the produce was worth a thousand coins. Is there a reference to Shlomo's a thousand wives? Right, Shlomo had so much. And her response, "Karmi ha'elef Shlomo et My vineyard is in front of me. Right? Meaning, I don't need Shlomo's wealth. I don't care to hear the story you're beginning to tell about Shlomo. It doesn't interest me. Ha'elef lach Shlomo, thousands are yours, Shlomo. And the two hundred for the guards of fruit. Right? The guards would take 200 silver coins, a fifth of the value for themselves, which is a very generous salary. She doesn't want. She's not jealous at all. She just wants to take care of her own vineyard. Right? Shlomo, you had a thousand wives, but I will stand alone, singled out. Remember the song in Perek of Yeshaya. Shira nalididi, Shira Tal Dodid Kharmo, Keramayali Didi, Bekerim ben Shaman, and then we end off with Kerema Ki Kharama Adunai Savaoot Bet Israel Vishudaneta Sha shashuav." where you mentioned this in the introduction, where God sings the song the do to his vineyard, and it opens with the same opening, Keremayali Shlomo, instead of Shlomo it's to Yadidi, Yadidiya, Shlomo's other name. It's, there Shlomo Yosha'ay tells, tells us exactly what God took care took care of, his nation. And they weren't loyal to him. And here the woman is saying how she doesn't plan to abandon her vineyard she'll take care of herself Da'at Mika explains that here the mishoreh metaphorically speaks of ben israel as the vineyard god gave it over to other you know to other nations to be watched <clears throat> and they took advantage of B'nai israel they will eventually pay back the keren and the homish of what they abused and stole and we could also suggest that maybe ben israel will always feel singled out all the other nations will never Get in the way of Bnei Yisrael's relationship between them and God. And before we go into the last song of the Megidah, I'd just like to point out the structural flow of this perech. So we saw in this perech how it closes off with virtues of love, right? The, the jealousy it arouses, its strength to overtake someone, its value, how money can't buy love, and its uniqueness where someone can realize that they are singled out and become willing to invest in it, right? right. And if we play closer attention, we'll see that these last songs bring the Megillah full circle to close off on the note we started. So we open the Megillah with a song of love in Perek Aleph, right? Pesukim Bet Adalet, with the repeated word "Hava And here in our last we once again see the song of Ahava, with love repeated, Ahava repeated three times. In the opening Perek we continued to hear how the brothers tormented her, making her work hard. And parallel in our Perek we continued on that same notion, how the brothers finally came around to take care of her. Yet she, this time, blows them off. Right? She realizes. And in the first Perek we moved on to hear of her vineyard, how she neglected Right, I didn't take care of my vineyard And similarly here in the last song We her close off with another statement of her vineyard Conversely though Here she proclaims I nearly I promised to forever take care Of my own vineyard And never neglect it again So we open with a song of love The brothers and her vineyard And the Miguel club comes around full circle To close on that same note Just now she speaks So much more maturely With a clear view of the future and now we go on to this last song, which is a mysterious closing in itself. Um one is we're not sure who's speaking. Is it a short dialogue between the beloved and the woman? Or maybe it's the Nashurera speaking. But the woman does respond in the last in the last sentence and <coughs> in a rather surprising way. So So we're not sure what the setting is. Maybe it could be um, he's walking with his friends and bumps into her and he wants her to sing a song in front of them. Baganim, he speaks to her. You you who dwell in the garden, right? that's how he calls her. Chaverim makshivim nekolecha friends listening to your voice. Let me hear it. Right, reminds us of what he told her earlier. Had iniet and she responds, di ud melech al al Hare Samim, Run away, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young deer on the mountains of spices. Did we just send off the Megillah with her telling him to run off once again to the mountains, right? Just as he brushed them, her, she brushed them off in in perik so, this needs a little explanation. Some explain, right? That Mikram, Hacham explain it to saying, Welcome! Instead of the nearly identical pasuk of di, tzvi, al hare bater, right? Run off to the broken hilltops as she brushed them off in Perek Bet. Here she says, Come and we'll run to Hare Ebisamim, the mountains of Bissamim, right? Maybe she is the hills of Bisamim and she was referred to earlier as Mor and Givat El-Levona. She's saying run off, but this time to be with me. The Migila ends off coming full circle from where it started, where she said, "Moshecheni a draw me towards you, and we'll run." Now they close off with her saying, "Take me with you, and we'll run to, run off together." Right? That ends the miglana on, on a rather happy note, or. We could give a drastically different perush. And Yoni Grossman suggests that she's saying, run, but we'll have a continuation together. Run away. But before she said run in the context in Perek of her not being ready for him, yet over here, after all the ups and downs, after understanding what it's all about, she, she ends up saying, you can run. There's room for distance too. There's stability to our love. We see the ability to turn the distance into a song of love. There will be falls, but when all is said and done, they grew from those challenges and they've they've turned them into a conducer to a stronger relationship. Metaphorically, God speaks, God asks to hear B'nai Yisrael's voice. He wants to hear the voices of Tefillah and Torah. And B'nai Yisrael's response is, please take us out of Galut and let us run off once again together. Right? That's according to the first Pirushtet Amos uh, HaKham suggested. Alternatively, we can explain the metaphor according to Yoni Grosin's that we can explain that. We recognize the value of distance in a relationship and understand how to utilize it appropriately by performing mitzvot and learning Torah until we once again draw closer to the level of Ahavat Hashem. So to close off the Megillah on a more general note, we mentioned in the beginning that there are two ways of reading the Megillah, either as an imshal to B'nai as a nation or as an imshal for each and every individual's relationship with God. Then, inshallah, on a national level, there's a connection, a marriage, a religious love based on, on law and mishpat. And right after the wedding, right, which, Madar sinai, which is the marriage between God and Bnei Israel, or the inauguration of the Bet mikdash, where each individual's attained level of ahadar comes a hard fall, where we, we don't open the door for God, right? We can't help remember Haita Egel after har sinai, or Shulomo's downfall, right, after the inauguration of the Bet mikdash, or our very own. Yet following there is a renewed breed of the thirteen midot and ensure our survival. And on a personal level, we say, place us as a hotam alibeha. We ask God to place us on his heart and his arm. Right? Every day we recite Shema, restating our love for God. Before we say how we love God, we, we need to proclaim his uniqueness, right? Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ehad. God is a one. Then we read into Ve'ahavta how we should love God. Right? We love God with our entire heart, and we tie him throughout the on our yad, right? which invokes our request to place us as a seal on God's Ziro'echa. Right? The love is in our heart, but it also stretches to our hands action. That's how we proclaim our love every day. There are times when we're lazy. There are times when we feel the distance, but there's room for that distance, as the distance brings a longing that strengthens our relationship with God. I hope you all enjoyed and forever appreciate Shir Shirim as the song of songs, and I encourage everyone to further study it with different Mephashim, and each and every one sheds a new light and perspective on this amazing Megillah.